What is up, everybody? We are back with another Coast to Coast podcast. This time we're, we're getting into the NBA. We had the trade deadline, buyout season. Um, I think it's a pretty solid, like, you know, stretch. I mean, we didn't have any, like, crazy big moves, but I think there was a lot of, like, really solid moves that I think helped, you know, contending teams, you know, just upgrade a little bit more. Um, and a lot of, like, quality players that were getting moved. So we'll hop right into it. Uh, the first one that we want to talk about, which I think uh, was kind of slept on because, you know, Tucker is someone that, you know, hasn't really been getting that same love that he was getting when, like, like you know, Harden and those Rockets were, like, doing really well. But P.J. Tucker going to the Bucks, um, which I think is a, a really solid sign for them. It's deeper. Uh, it, ma- it makes their team deeper. You know, he can just chill in the corner, wait for Giannis to just sling, sling the ball in the, in the corners, uh, which I think is a nice, uh, you know, solid, uh, really solid piece for them, especially it's just going to help their spacing uh, in the playoffs. Uh, so let's see. I'll start with Jose this time. Like, yeah, does this uh, this mean does this mean a lot for the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you hit it right on the head. Exactly, is what they need is spacing, um, you know, and they need a guy to play, you know, that small ball role down the stretch, um, and they need a they need a leader. And PJ Tucker is pretty gritty. Um, I think he's gonna get the you know the young guys going, and he's gonna hit them them corner threes because he's the corner three god. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think I don't think it was. Like, Super impactful, but I think it was a good move for the Bucks. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Adding on to that, I mean, like Jose nailed it on the coffin. Like, he's a guy that can the corner, he can spread the uh, court, and he's also a defensive, like, defensive monster. He can guard one through five, essentially, like that. He's like that mini Draymond Green, in effect. So they have a lot of defensive versatility in that lineup. You know, they still got Brooke Lopez, who's a great interior defender. They got Giannis. They got um, Chris Middleton. They got Dante DiVincenzo. They got Drew Holiday. There's got a lot of pieces out there that, you know, whether a guy's in foul trouble, they have someone that they can throw in there because P.J. Tucker can play the three to the five. So uh, a lot of defensive versatility in that lineup. Should be a good move for the Bucks, but it's going to be hard, you know, to contend up there with the Sixers. We've had dominance this year, especially with their lineup with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid healthy. And, you know, the Nets, who just added Marcus Aldridge, which we'll get into, which – it's going to be hard, but I think having that much defense going against a team like the Nets that are so star-powered, it's going to give them a chance. Yeah, definitely, bro. I like the point you made about the versatility because, like, I just really want to see, like, who, like, who they put, like, who they put Tucker on because he could, you know, there could be times, you know, in the game in the playoff series where he might be on, like, Durant or he could, you know, maybe be on Harden. You know, that would be crazy. And then, like, you know, going to the 76ers, it's like, they might put him on Embiid for a bit. Like, you never know. Like, he, he's very versatile. So, I'm just excited to see, like, what Coach Bud comes up with uh, for their, like, defensive matchups. But next one, we got uh, Rondo and Lou Will uh, getting swapped. Uh, Rondo going to the Clippers. Um, and then Lou Will uh, going to the Hawks. And then the Hawks are getting two second-rounders, right? Uh, yes, the Hawks are getting two second-rounders. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, Rondo and Lou Will just, just getting flipped. Um, so I'll start with you this time, Liam. Yeah, what do you think? Do you think this, you know, means a lot for the Clippers? Because I, I, I personally think, like, this is a really, like, underrated, like, solid, solid move for the Clippers. Yeah, I think it's a really great move, especially someone like Rondo, who has shown that he has that playoff pedigree. Everyone knows playoff Rondo. He turns it up in the playoffs. And something that I was watching a video of a guy talking about his perspective on this trade, saying how – they finally get the weight off Kawhi and Paul George to have to be playmakers. They have a true point guard. Patrick Beverly is obviously a really good guard out there, but he's not a true point guard. The guy's just really good at defending and shooting threes, but Rondo, 
you know, people might say he's washed. He has got, had been having a bad season at Atlanta, but he's been typically, he's been used in the wrong role. He needs to be a guy that's, you know, the, like the worst scoring option at, in your offense as the starting point guard. And, you know, alongside overshadowed, but now he can go to the Clippers, he can be a starter for them. He can allow Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to create their shots off ball and, you know, alleviate the pressure of them having to be the ones with such high usage rates, you know, something that they want to watch out for those players going into the playoffs. So I think he's going to be a great move. And I think especially playoff time, we're going to see the effect of this trade. I don't think it's something that's going to affect the standings too much since uh, I don't know how much the Western Conference standings are going to sway. I think it's going to be interesting. You know, the Lakers with a lot of injuries now, who's going to take that top spot. So I think it's going to be a playoff time deal that uh, was good. You know, even though they traded two first round picks and they traded Lou Williams, who hasn't been that six man, like, player he's been this year he's been averaging 12 points in the game hasn't been playing a lot I think it's a good deal and you know send Lou back to Atlanta let him go get his Lou wings at uh, the club Lou exactly uh, yeah. another cup of Lou yeah I mean I think uh Liam said it to begin with I think it's players switching into a much better role for each of them I think it's a win-win um you know I really like Lou Will on the Hawks I think, you know, he's going to play kind of like a Trey Young-esque role, but against second units. And he's going to be able to keep that same style of offense going when Trey Young's not on the floor. So, I mean, I just – I think it's it's a great fit for both for both players. And obviously we know how Rondo plays in the playoffs. So, if the Clippers want to want to go to that next level, Rondo's your guy. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, it should be noted, like, I love Lou Will, but he is, like – a pretty, pretty bad playoff player because, yeah, like he'll get you, you know, maybe like 15 points, 20 points, but he is like terrible on defense. And you're not really getting that playmaking. You're just getting that straight scoring, which I think, you know, Kawhi and PG can do for you. And also like Reggie Jackson, I feel like is probably like 80 to 90% of what Lou Will gives you. And now with Rondo, you just like you, like you guys said, like you just get that crucial playmaking, like something that Kawhi and PG like obviously are capable of. But, like, that's not really their game. Like, you just want those guys to just, like, you know, give them the ball and do their thing. Don't even have to worry about. Like, they're just, like, to, you know, basically just, like, play defense, lock down, and just, like, go get your get to your spots. Like, you don't have to worry about feeding others. Like, Rondo's got you on that. And, like, playoff Rondo. Like, I mean, he was the third best player on the Lakers in that finals run. Like, LeBron AD and then, like, Rondo was, like, right there with him, which was crazy because he has looked washed for the last, like, five years in the regular season. Yeah. But So it, it's going to be nice. Maybe we'll get that the L.A. conference finals with this edition, but hey. I, I do really like it for the Clippers, though. Don't sleep on the Hawks, though. They've been on a run since St. McMillan's taken over as head coach, and it's probably a good move to have another wing score. You know, they got Capella, who can yeah. die for them. Obviously, Collins has been a beast, even though he wasn't trade rumors, didn't end up getting traded this season, which I really liked. And, you know, I think it's a good move for Atlanta. I think they're sitting around the four seed, if I'm not right, last time I saw. I, I hope they make the playoffs because they're young. Like, that would be, like, a really good experience if they really, like, if this is, like, the young core that they want to, you know, go into the future with. Bring some free agents to Atlanta, which, you know, is a pretty popular area. I think people would like to go play there. Yeah. All right, Hawks so are left one, in this is two the, games out of fourth. Yeah, yeah, dude. The the standings are all out of like all out of whack though. Everyone's like all bunched up. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, next one we got probably the biggest, probably the biggest trade of the deadline. Honestly, this is like the closest thing to like a blockbuster deal. Uh, Vucevic 
uh, you know, finally, you know, getting off the magic, uh, him and Alfaruk Amino uh, got sent to the Bulls and then the magic got Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., and two top four protected picks. Um, and I actually really liked this trade. I think it was like, you know, solidly fair because I think, uh, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. is a, a nice young player and I think just need to change the scenery, honestly. Um, and then for the Bulls, I think they're kind of in that same position with the Hawks where it's like, you don't really think they're in like that top three, you know, but they're still like, hopefully should be able to make a playoff run. They got two all-stars now. Uh, I think Vucevic is going to play really well with all the offensive pieces they have. So uh, I'm excited. Like, Jose, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of people criticize the Bulls for this move, especially because they gave up uh, Wendell Carter. But I think as an organization, you had to realize that Wendell Carter has a ceiling. And, you know, the main piece that you want to develop on your team here is probably, you know, Lowry, at least like that you want yeah. to develop the most. So I think a guy like Nick Vucevic to put, you know, with him and also a guy like Daniel Tice that they also acquired, you know, Markkanen can really pick, you know, from the, the, their best abilities and add them to his own game. And I think that's kind of what they were going for. Obviously, Vucevic is an all-star in his own right, but they needed a center badly. And I think this is going to push them into the playoffs. Yeah, I think just to add on to that, I think Nikola Vucevic is one of the most underrated centers we have in the NBA. People were giving him backfire when he made the all-star team over Sabonis at the moment. So they're like, oh, why'd this guy make it? Like, he's averaging 20, like, 14 and 5. Like, or no, yeah. 14 and 4. Like, this kid's a solid player out of you – know, my kid, he's a man now. He's one or something. <laughs> You know, I thought yeah, you're a grown man. I mean, the way I thought though, like they're talking about like when the Lakers made the trade for Anthony Davis, like you gotta think, like, is the value gonna add up? Like you go out there and get a player, you can't just let it sink. Like, do you think Wendell Carter is gonna turn into a 2014 and five guy? Exactly. Like exactly. You also let go of a player, Otto Porter, who's been riding on your bench making 25 million a year in a cap drop. Yeah. Uh, basically, the player you get out of return is Alfaruk Aminu in that situation, who's a solid role player who doesn't cost as He's much. He's probably just as good as Otto Porter Jr., honestly. Like, they're probably, like, on the same Exactly. Level. Exactly. But, you know, it's a move they had to make. If they got they had to surround Levine with talent. If they're just going to keep letting players develop, I don't think it was going to happen. It wasn't going to work. I mean, I think they've said about 19 wins right now. Um at the 10 seed in the East. But the East is wide open besides those top, you know, three teams, it's wide open for anyone to get to the playoffs. And I think this is a move that they had to make. Otherwise, they're failing Zach Levine. They're not delivering him with talent because otherwise you're just banking on people wanting to come to Chicago and bring the name. And I think, you know, you brought – wants to come to Chicago. Exactly. It's a fully run organization yeah. ever since Jordan left. That's everyone's known. It's yeah. the, you know, they had the Derrick Rose era. Derrick Rose, obviously, his injuries led to it. Then they failed Jimmy Butler to surround him with talent. Now, they can't fail Zach Levine because, you know, they traded a lot for Zach Levine to get him. Honestly, he didn't turn out much. Chris Dunn. Um, and I, I think – I don't remember who the other people were, but I remember wasn't, you know, the greatest trade, but they did trade a lot for it. So, to have Zach Levine on this team, he's a young rising star, you know, one of the top shooting guards in the league. Surround him with a big man. Give him that pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop option. I think Nikola Vucevic uh -huh. got it for a great price, and I love the trade. I think yeah, the exactly. best player they mean, could have got. Yeah, Honestly. yeah, exactly. Because they're not going to sign free agents. Like, if you if you want to get someone like this, like you got to trade for them. And they did it. Like, I actually like come in the front office. Like, this is like a nice like, like just show the fan base. Like, like we care. Like, we want to see us like you know win, yeah. get a playoff spot. 
Um, and then another move the Bulls made, the, they just got a little bit deeper. Uh, they got Troy Brown Jr. and then also Daniel Tice, uh, which I think is a solid pickup for the Bulls. But also I think it's more detrimental to the Celtics because like, you lose, uh, you know, that front court depth. Um, and Tice, I think, was a really nice piece on the Celtics, like someone that like really fit in well with, uh, with their squad. But they lose him. Um, but, you know, I think solid move for the Bulls. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, I mean – Shout out to Troy Brown, former Duck. But um, Daniel Tyson, his debut yesterday, had a pretty solid game. I mean, he showed, you know, the type of player that he is. He's a, he's a rim protector. He's an enforcer. And I think that's what the Bulls need. Um, and, you know, obviously he's going to play back up to Vucevic, but that's really what they need is a defensive guy to hold it down down there. Yeah, exactly. Vucevic is the greatest defending big man of all. And when you have Tice out there, you have the versatility to be defensive because Markin is not a great defender. Uh, obviously, rookie Patrick Williams is progressing into a very good defender. But, you know, you got to have, and then you got Kobe White and then Zach Levine, who aren't really the greatest defenders themselves. But having, you know, Troy Bowden Jr. and Daniel Tice, who are defensive guys, is good to have on your team. I do think it's unfortunate for the Celtics, but I think it opens the door for Robert Williams, who, Went out there and had a really good game last night. Uh, I think yeah. he had box, two steals, you know, being that kind of, you know, the guy out there that can just do anything for them, be defensive guy. And I think it was about time, you know, I saw so much chatter about how these per 36 numbers for Robert Williams were so astronomical that I was like, it's bound to have to start him. You know, even though they got Tristan Thompson, who's like, you know, a great rebounder out there. I think you got to throw Robert Williams out there, let him progress with those young guys because that young core is doing phenomenal for Boston right now. They may not be showing in the standings at this moment. You know, they probably expect to be higher given, you know, the injuries of Kendall Walker and stuff like that. But I think it's a great move that, you know, they want, they didn't walk away the greatest haul the Celtics did, but they lose their starting center, but it opens up the door for another person and it allows Chicago to get some defensive versatility. Yeah, exactly. Nice, just like nice, solid pieces to add to the rotation, especially because these are guys that like you want in the playoffs, like just to have a deeper team. Um, yeah, good for them. Um, next, probably the second biggest move, uh, had Instagram, social media going crazy. Aldridge and Blake Griffin both going to the Nets. Um, if you look at this team on paper, dude, if this team was, like, together back in 2015, like, this, like, would be, like, the greatest team ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dude, 2015, KD, Kyrie, Harden, Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Jeff Green was still solid. DeAndre Jordan, yeah. yo, yeah, yep, uh, yeah, no. But every single guy that they have, every single guy they have in the starting or like at each position it was an All Star in 2019. Uh, wow. And Aldridge, Aldridge and Griffin made All NBA teams back to back years. Yeah. I think a lot of people are trying to downplay it. And a lot of people are saying it's the craziest thing. I think you can't downplay it because people are like, oh, like the Lakers had the same amount of all-stars, like selections on the stuff in their team. Like that's a totally different team. Uh, the Lakers had two superstars. This team has three superstars. They acquired themselves, obviously, DeAndre Jordan that they had on their team. You know, a solid guy. He's definitely not the guy he was back then. Blake Griffin, you know, he's shown some flashes since he's been back. I mean, obviously – uh, I think two years he ago, dunked. he dunked. Aldridge, of course, he dunked. Yeah, and then Aldridge is still averaging 14 points a game for the Spurs yeah. team that he's just on this year. So he's still a solid guy that can get some points for you. They got, and then Spencer Dinwiddie just came back. So now they have, yep. like, 
eight players I can give you uh, like lead your team for victory every night. You know, it's still got Joe Harris, Jeff Green, Spencer Dinwiddie, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Yeah. That's players that can make – and, you know, Bruce Brown's been a good force for them too. So nine guys mm-hmm. that out there Bruce Brown. the reason why you win a game. Yeah. Um, I think the number one thing with this team is, though, every single one of these players is injury-prone as hell. Like – a couple, a couple wrist injuries, a couple ankle injuries, and this team goes to pieces. But um, I mean, it's insane to think about how many pieces they have at each position and how much depth, like how many different types of lineups they could have out there. And it kind of makes you think, like, okay, what if they have too many? Like the Celtics a few years ago, you know, when they were overstacked at wings, like they had Hayward and they had Brown. Uh, you know, and obviously they had other young guys. Uh, so like Aldridge, I don't think they needed any more scoring. Like I think instead of Aldridge, they need they need what's his name Jared Allen back because they need that defensive you know that defensive presence. And Aldridge Aldridge said he was going to bring defensive versatility, but when has he ever done that? So I I don't know how that's going to look in, in crunch time, but obviously you know the scoring is there, so they they could just out outscore people. And that's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're just fully committed to just like, we're just going to outscore you. Like, I, and I think they're going to be decent enough at defense. They're not going to be like, you know, a laughing stock, but they're just going to be just slightly good enough to like, you know, to be able to, to compete. But I think you made a good point about the injury prone, you know, team, which I think, you know, is good that they've constructed this roster because there's so much talent. Yeah, everyone is kind of injury prone, but I think that's just the, just the risk you take when you build a contender like this. And shout out to Sean Marks, man, because he went from, you know, a couple years ago, the the, the kid cutting nets to just like a super young, fun <laughs> team. And then in a matter of like two years, it's just constructed like this super team with three yeah. superstars, a ton of really solid role guys. And then, yeah, like you guys said, Aldrich Griffin, you know, not the same players, but you know, two guys that are both very, very smart and will be able to fit right in. You know, they'll have the ball moving. I think all these guys are – they know, like, coming to the Nets, like, this is one of the contenders. Like, you're going to sacrifice just to be a part of, you know, potentially winning a championship. So, I think that's something that all these guys are going to buy into. I think um, to point out, though, is you got to look – like, this huge trade, obviously, that everyone knows when they had Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry were traded to – from the Celtics was seen as the biggest heist in NBA history – Yep. Nets are going to make the finals before the Celtics do. Mark my words. Yep. Exactly. Like a debated this. If you at least keep those big three from the Nets, they're making the finals before the uh, Celtics are. And yeah. Ainge, it looks bad for Ainge. It looks bad. Very bad. All the picks out there, but holding on to those picks too much. You know, he held on to those Memphis picks for too long, and then they came kind of worthless. You know, it's unfortunate to see because that's something that, you know, Someone, uh, Sam Presti in Oklahoma City's got to look at and say, how do I have to manage my picks? You know, he's got an assortment mm-hmm. of picks. Is he going to take every single pick or is he going to go out there and trade for a guy to bring in? You know, it's an interesting situation. Yeah. I, it, you know, shed some light on what's seen as the greatest heist of all time really wasn't that great. Yeah, now it's yeah. kind of diminished. Dude, yeah. the picks turned into – the picks, those uh, first-round picks turned into – Kyle Kuzma, Jalen Brown, Markel Fultz, and Colin Sexton. So I I don't know about y'all, but I would rather have KD, Harden, and Kyrie. 
Exactly. Yeah, I think I'd take those three too, honestly. Yeah, three um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, it's just, oh my God, it's crazy. And like, yeah, Ainge, like the, you mentioned Presti, it's like, it's just tough to like know like when it's time to like sell your assets. Like, you know, cause you don't like, if you hold on to them too long. Like, I mean, teams, like teams can switch from being really bad to really good, like all of a sudden. So like sometimes if you have a pick from a team that's really bad, they can make a couple moves, you know, get good again. And it's like that pick doesn't really, isn't really worth as much as it was, you know, a year or two ago. So it's just all about timing, man. The windows open and close so fast in the NBA. Yeah. Um, so next one, uh, another big move, which I, I, I really love this one. Uh, Oladipo to the Heat. Uh, they only gave up Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a draft swap. And I think something to be noted, they gave up Olenek, but they basically got another Olenek in uh, Bielitsa. Um, so great, mm-hmm. great moves by Riley in the Heat. Um, really like this trade. Um, I'm not sure how they call it a lot. I'll just go with Liam this time. Liam, yeah. what do you have to say about Depot going to the Heat? It's a heist. You know, someone that Oladipo is definitely not the all-NBA player he used to be, but I think he's still, you know, just a step or two below that, which is still makes you a solid player. And to bring that to a Miami team that's been sort of struggling, you know, ever since Jimmy Butler came back, they had a streak, but now they've been kind of mellowed out. I think it's a wonderful trade. Everyone was saying how stupid Pat Riley was for not willing to give up Tyler Hero in a trade package to get uh, Kyle Lowry, which why would you give so much up for a veteran point guard who's going to be, like, useless? In- yeah, he's we'll get into that. Yeah. And without his athleticism, he's just, like, a mediocre jump shooter who can create, like, who can pass the ball around. He's not like Chris Paul that, you know, he's kind of an ageless wonder or LeBron. So I think with getting the old depot trade, basically gave up nothing. But I think at the same time, it is look a little bad that they didn't go out there, like you said, Carson, and go for Harden last offseason. And they literally got gave up nothing to get a player like Oladipo. What could they have given up to give someone like Harden? But again, I think it's a solid trade. It adds defensive versatility. Now you have a lineup. You can put um, Kendrick Nunn out there. You can put Oladipo with uh, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Belicha. Wonderful spacing with the team. And I think this Heat team, it's going to take a lot of chemistry, you know, with Oladipo. But I think they can go out there and make a conference finals run. But I don't think they're going to beat the Nets. It's going to be a little bit unstoppable for them. So I think it's a good move, solidified them. But, you know, unless luck falls their way, it's going to be hard for them to repeat themselves back in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's crazy how soon they the league forgets how much of a dog Oladipo was not even that long ago. I mean, this is a, a legit, like, two-time All-Star, was the number one option on a playoff team, um, you know. And we've seen him be clutch in the playoffs. And I think Jimmy Butler's a guy that can really get the guys around him to buy into the system and get the most out of his, you know, surrounding cast. So I think Oladipo, especially because he's got that defensive grittiness, just like Jimmy Butler, they're going to be, you know, working as a tandem and they're going to be amazing together, I feel like. Um, and they also got Ariza and Bielitsa, who are just like great, great depth guys. Bielitsa is obviously former king. Sad to see him go. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a guy who can hit shots and play decent defense. And Ariza, same thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this buys time for the Heat just because, like, you know, you get Oladipo, you know, he's on an expiring. So, you know, you can have him just, you know, for the rest of the season, you know, maybe, you know, he helps you compete, get, get an extra round in the playoffs or something. And then you lose that contract and you're still, you still have 
enough cap space to maybe sign a big free agent in the next couple of years to pair with uh, Jimmy and Bam. But you made a great, great point about the the Harden trade. Like, I think, like, you should have pulled the trigger, like, when Hero, because Hero's value was just, like, at an all-time high after that, you know, that finals run. And I think now we've been seeing, you know, he's still, I think, averaging, like, 16, 17 points. But I think there's been a lot of, a lot of really shaky moments, kind of like a sophomore slump at times from him. Um, also, like Robinson too, which probably, he probably would have been thrown in that deal. Um, but I still like this move for the Heat because you basically are getting a guy that's like, yeah, probably like 80% of what he was, uh, you know, from his all-star year or so, but a guy that you, you get him for nothing, basically, or you, you give up nothing. So it's like, why not? Yeah. Um, and so we have three, like three kind of smaller deals. We'll just like run through them. First one, uh, JJ Rex, the Mavericks, who was like complaining a storm, like about, you know, getting traded. It's like, bro, like calm down. Like <laughs> you ain't that special. Like, I love you, JJ, but it's like everyone, like everyone gets traded. Um, I don't know how you guys feel. I think it's a solid pickup for the Mavs. Yeah. I mean, I think Luca, Luca's a guy who needs, who needs a team built around him kind of similar to the Rockets team where it was pretty much just uh, Harden and shooters and defenders. like, And that's exactly what J.J. is. He's just a shooter. Um, and they also got Melly, who's also having a down year. But we know that he can shoot the ball. And I think, you know, with Luca facilitating for both J.J. and uh, Nico Melly, I think he's going to get him back, you know, into a rhythm. And hopefully, you know, they can lead him to the promise line. Yeah, I think, you know, I know there's still some worry about out because he was complaining that he wanted to get traded to a team. No like the Nets because that's where his hometown is and he's still throwing a fit about it. Like you said, Carson, like he doesn't have the superstar power to like argue that way because, you know, he's been a superstar, but at the same time, not the J.J. Redick that like, you know, was on the Sixers a couple years ago. I think for the Mavericks, it's going to be a good deal if he decides to stay there. You know, you got, like Jose said, you got to surround Luka with shooters and, people that can be healthy and out there. Because obviously, Christoph Sporzingis has had his times in and out of the lineup, but they got a big win last night against the Celtics, which was good for them for momentum-wise. But um, if this Dallas Maverick team needs to take the next step, I think J.J. Reddick's a stepping stone to getting a better player. Like, going out there, you know, potentially trading the farm for a guy like Beal if he finally budges or something like that. But I think, you know, there's going to be some other guys that they don't have playoff success this season. They're going to want to see their way out. Yeah, the Mavericks and the Heat to me are like two teams that are just like, they're just like sharks like waiting in the water. I think they're both like, the, those are two teams that are just like primed to like, you know, make a splash for like the next superstar to be ready because, you know, you have the Heat that really are like a super, another like star away from getting back to that finals run. And then like with Luca, it's like, Luca is like a generational talent that I think if you, like, if you pair him with another guy like of his stature, it's like, that's a potential dynasty, just how talented Luke is. So, yeah, yeah that's a great point. Like, a little stepping stone to potentially get a splash. Uh, next move, we got the Kings. More guards. Oh, yeah, go, go, go. Yeah. I was going to say, thinking of a player that could be traded that just came in my mind, I think C.J. McCollum could be an option, someone that's been oh. in this season. And, you know, we saw the success that Gary Trent did, and obviously we'll get to that Gary Trent's gone now, but Norman Powell now. It's – Norman Powell doesn't really fit the small forward role for having him to be a shooting guard who averages 20 points a game. What's the purpose in paying McCollum if you have a guy that can do the same thing at the same position? So I think a guy who might be on this for a good price, that would be an excellent scorer to play alongside Luca. True. True, true. 
Um, damn, I actually really like that. Just like Luca, like give Luca a break. Just give CJ the ball. Like just don't overwork Luca. Um, next one we got the Kings. Uh, more guards, more and more guards for the Kings. Uh, they picked up Terrence Davis and DeLon Wright. Uh, two like solid solid bench guys. Um, which I think I like for like the Kings to potentially like make that that playoff push, get like the playing game or like maybe an eight seed or something. But I guess that would be the playoff playing game. But um, I'll start with Jose since he is the Kings guy here. Like, how you feeling about TD three and, and Wright? I mean. DeLon, right, I think he's a solid backup point guard. Um, I definitely think he's better than Corey Joseph. Uh, but, True. like, is this really the moves that we needed to make? It's not going to take us to the playoffs. Um, Terrence Davis dropped, like, 30-something a while back, and that's the only reason I even know his name. <laughs> but I think – I just hope he goes out there and plays hard. Like, I just really hope – I feel like this move could be absolutely useless, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like you guys failed to capitalize on this trade deadline and trade players at peak value. I think Harrison Barnes should have been the name that should have been moved. I think Marvin yeah. and him could have been back together to get you someone like uh, you know, uh, to get, go up there and get a player. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, Chicago capitalized to get Vucevic when I think the Kings should have gone out there and get Marvin Bagley and Harrison Barnes, which should have been a better package. Yeah, well, it's the Kings, bro. I don't expect anything from them anymore. But, uh, yeah, we can move on to Norman Powell to Portland for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. So, obviously, Norman Powell, a guy that's been absolutely balling lately, um, you know, for a young guy like Gary Trent and another, another solid wing, Rodney Hood. Uh, Carson, what do you got to say about this one? Yeah, sorry, I just cut off for a sec. Um, I, I like this move because, like, the, the Blazers are a team that, like, I've always wanted them to get, uh, like, that true, like, I guess he isn't too much. He's more of a shooting guard, but I think he's, like, more than capable of playing a three. Just, like, a solid, like, small forward to go with those two guards and someone that is a, you know, a really good three and D guy, but also is, like, great at creating his own shot. Um, I think this, like, how – on this team is a great fit, like, but also it's like you have to give up Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. I think two guys um, that like, like are really solid in that line, especially Trent because like he, you know, mm-hmm. is like kind of a bubble star, um, and I think fit really well with those guys. Um, so I, I would have liked them to give up, you know, maybe a little bit less uh, for Powell, but I do love Powell and like the fit that he has uh, on the Blazers yeah. with the with those two guys for sure. Just sucks that they had to give up Trent. But I think Powell is yeah. uh, an upgrade from those guys for sure. Yeah, I feel like I – mean, Former King. Former yeah. King Gary Trent. Mm-hmm. Say, I feel like the window has really closed on Rodney Hood's career at this point. You know, we saw that he was a guy that may have taken a step, you know, coming from Duke. He was drafted rather late for a Duke player. But, you know, he had some success in uh, Utah, if I'm correct. And then just kind of yeah. his injuries hurt him out there when he went to the Trailblazers, which – you know, he had some success early on with them. People thought he was going to be the small forward for them because they're the team, you know, like the Clippers. The Clippers lob season, always looking for that small forward. It's like the Blazers team right now, looking for that small forward. So I think, uh, you know, I really didn't like to see Gary Trent go. I really am a big fan of Gary Trent's game. And um, hopefully uh, he gets used well out there in Toronto. But I think there's a lot of the guard problems, you know, 
Uh, they're going to take minutes away from Larry now, given that they didn't trade him. Because uh, I think you'd have to put him alongside, you know, Fred Van Vliet and then OG Ananobi at the three. So interesting situation. Hopefully the Raptors find a way to use him correctly because I don't want the team because there's other players not to play over. It's crazy that yeah, the Blazers get such little, like, big names that Norman Powell is, like, the most big-time player they've had in so long. Thanks. I wish they would have just, like, the Raptors would have just gotten, like, picks instead. I mean, I know it's, a, like, Blazers, uh, those picks don't really mean that much, but I think, like, like the uh, the Raptors, like, I feel like should just go in, like, a little soft rebuild, like, just build around Siaka and Van Vliet. I mean, now you have Gary Trent. You know, I, I just would like them to just, like, hit a little, like, where they're still going to be solid, but, like, like a soft rebuild for them, just build around those guys, just, like, accept the youth. They won their chip. That's what they care about. So exactly. So it's like now, just like work towards like getting back to that. Um, next move, yeah, exactly. Next move, George Hill to Philadelphia, which I think um, I like would have loved to see Lowry on the 76ers. I think it would be the perfect fit. But now seeing this, it's like it is really smart business wise to get a guy like George Hill that is, uh, you know, does a, a lot of uh, you know the same things that Lowry does. Obviously, nowhere near the you know the high level that Lowry gives you, that championship pedigree that he gives you. But someone that is, you know, close to that and you get him at basically nothing, whereas Lowry is a, you know, very, very tough 30 million. It's really hard to trade and match salaries with that. So I actually do really like this move for Philadelphia. You get deeper and you still get the same qualities that you would get from Lowry um, at a much, much better rate. Um, so Liam, how do you feel about this? Yeah, you get a guy who's a season removed from leading the league in three-point percentage at 46%. So I think that's a good move for the Sixers. You know, like you said, he's kind of like a consolation prize for not getting Lowry. But I think it's a good move out there. You know, they put uh, – if they want to have Ben Simmons, you know, run the three or the four out there, then they can put George Hill out there with Seth Curry, you know, get some more scoring out there, some more shooting. Because we know the reason for this team's success has been their ability to stretch the uh, floor – with Embiid and Simmons out there. Obviously, Embiid's a much better shooter, but uh, Simmons, obviously, is not the greatest shooter, you know, not really a shooter at all. So they have shooters around them, and someone like Hill, who, again, sees removed from leading the league in three-point percentage, is a great move. Yeah, exactly. Anything else, Jose? Nah, I mean, George Hill's just – he's just always solid. Just a solid point yeah. guard. There's really none special. Yeah, I'm just glad he's going to a team like like a contending team like Philly. Um, so next, we got the Nuggets, who made a couple of really nice moves. Uh, I'll start with the small one first. JaVale McGee uh, going to the Nuggets. Um, much needed rent protection, especially like that's an aspect of Joker's game that like isn't that great. And I think getting someone like McGee that can cover that for him is beautiful. Like more, more depth, more rim protection. Something you know, just alleviating that pressure from Jokic. So I, I love this move. How you guys feeling? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, bro. Did you just say this was the smaller move? In my opinion, Javale McGee is the better move. <laughs> He's well, a champion, okay. multi-time champion, starting center on the Lakers. I mean, defensive monster. He's going to take the load off of Jokic. He's going to hold it down, you know, in the paint, in transition. Dude, how, 
how can you disrespect Not smaller mom? move. Not like well, literally the smaller move. Aaron Gordon's was covered way more. But hey, you gotta go. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But, right. I, but like the rim protection was an actual need. Like Gordon's like gonna be a nice fit. Yeah, but, no, yeah, I, yeah. I I do agree with you 100. You just, you just ain't gotta come at me like that, bro. I think we let's <laughs> deal then. So Aussie Aaron Gordon gets traded. Uh, Harris Harris thrown in the deal, RJ Hampton, additional first, which I think was a great deal for someone that's been a very underrated player. He's only known for the dunk contest. People would not know who this guy yeah. is. He did not compete in the dunk contest, which is unfortunate because he's a very good defender who now takes the role of Paul Millsap. He's a more athletic guy out there. He can uh-huh. the rim, roll the rim, allow Jokic, you know, to go out there and do his work because this guy can also stretch the floor. I think he's actually the better move, but I think he adds some athleticism more to the lineup you know you get uh Aaron Gordon out there you have Michael Porter Jr you have you know two young wings that can really move out there you still got Gary I mean you still got uh Jamal Murray then you throw you know someone like there like Monte Morris I think it's a really solid move picking up a player that's been you know begging to be traded in this Orlando team I think there was so much confusion back when like Sergi Baca was on the team they put this guy at the three and then now Jonathan Isaac's emergence obviously he's not playing this year because of injury but still I think this has just ruined Aaron Gordon's career. I think he would have gone for a much higher price tag a couple of years ago. I think, you know, creating a guy like RJ Hampton, who really wasn't going to have a role on this team, even though he's a very young star. Um, I think it was a great move. You know, you move off Gary Harris, who was very up and down in his career. I think, you know. Massive contract, too. I would say the only reason why it's a bigger deal is because he's going to be on the court more. You can't put, Jam- I mean, you can't put JaVale McGee and yeah. Jamal- yeah. Time because it's more mobile. Yeah. Sure, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee was much, I would say, yeah, he was very good on those late years team. You know, when it comes down to it, when you the Warriors. Yeah. When Yogi needs to get a rest, you put him out there and he's going to be some a defensive monster for them, which I think is important because we've seen that Jokic's really only liability as a whole player is his defense is not the level of those top defenders in the league. So. Yeah, they, they address two key issues, which is great because now, like, the Nuggets, like, this moves them from, like, you know, sneaky contender to, like, a legit, like, like damn. Like, I could easily see them, like, competing with the Lakers, Clippers. They're right in there, like, with the Jazz. Like, I look at them. I probably look at them over, like, the Clippers, honestly. I think, like, talent-wise, like, like I just like the squad the most. Like, I think, like, they're, like, right behind the Lakers and, like, second. Like these moves yeah. are amazing. I, I'm gonna. It's gonna be amazing to see like Gordon and like his cuts, his athleticism, playing off Jokic. Like th- there's gonna be some crazy lobs, some crazy backdoor cuts. I'm like super excited to see that. Yeah, and now they can let Paul Millsap walk in in free agency if he chooses to, or if he wants to come back on a lower deal. You know they don't have to pay him as much now. You know because they've got leverage. And for the rest but, of the um, he's playing on the bench, which is gonna be a good role. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I still think imagine. they need a little bit more guard depth. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Because who they have? Murray, Compazzo. Monte Morris. they have? Monte Morris. Yeah. Barton's kind of like a like also guard, like two guard. Yeah. That's true. Kyle Lowry would have been a great fit on that team, too. The Nuggets. Exactly. Could have been. Um, and then finally, our last two moves. Uh, Celtics. Uh, they got Fournier, um, solid, solid move. But I think um, I think I, like Vucevic would have looked a lot better uh, on the Celtics instead of Fournier. I just I'm not I just 
not liking the Celtics, man. It just, I mean, we already talked about it. It's just, they're in a worse situation than Nets when they were supposed to be the ones that win the trade. And now it, it just looks pretty, pretty grim for Boston just because they're having a tough time building a team around their two superstars. Um, but I, I guess this is a nice start. It's a nice piece. Yeah. I mean, they gave, yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Jose. I mean, you would think it would be a nice piece. He just had his debut, and he was the first player in history to have over 10 field goal attempts, make none. Over five three-point attempts, make none. But, I mean, yeah. this is a guy who, who has been averaging 20 points per game for a few years now. Um, he at, at or around that. Um, and they got him for basically just two second-round picks. So, yeah. Yeah. Was good. Go ahead, Dan. Exactly what I was going to say, Jose. You, you got him for two second round picks, so it was seen as like a bargain deal. But at the same time, why not go out there, you know, trade some assets and go get Vucevic? Because the reason they, they need a big man to compete, who the hell is going to guard Joel and Like, you know, yeah. like say Robert yeah, exactly. Williams is going to get destroyed by that man. Like even like they should have gone out there, you know, got Andre Drummond. Obviously, he's not a great defender, but he's a big body who can get rebounds for them at a much higher rate than anyone in the league because he's the best rebounder we've seen in so long because of his rebound rate. So mm-hmm. I didn't really like the moves. You know, they're adding guard depth to an already stacked wings. You know, they got yeah. Peyton Pritchard, who's been playing well on their bench. Now they're adding Marcus, you know, Marcus Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Campbell Walker, now yeah. I think it's a way too confusing guard situation because, like, what's their lineup going to be now? They'll have uh, Brown at the three, Tatum at the four, um, you either have Smart or Fournier at the two, and then Kemba at the one, and then uh, Robert Williams at the five. I think it's too crowded. They need to go get size, and they just fail to address it every time. And this is why Danny Ainge just continues to piss me off. I think he's the most overrated. Yeah. GM. He was able to get those two guys, but he gets glorified for a trade that, like we just mentioned earlier, the other team ended up winning. Backfired. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for their bench, though, because, yeah, you assume that Smart is would be in that closing lineup and Fournier would just be coming off the bench, just adding that extra scoring, which is nice, though, because when Tatum or Brown come off the bench, there's not, like, because Kemba, you never know what you're going to get from Kemba, and then, like, after that, it's like, you don't know where your scoring is going to come from. But overall, it's like, yeah, you just wish that the Celtics would do more because you have you have two superstars. Like, you, like, 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 like I said, windows open and close so fast. You need to like build a contender around these two, these two amazing talents, two guys that want to play in Boston, they want to play together. You got to satisfy them because, like, man, oh man, if those two, if one of them decides like they don't want to play there, oh Boston, oh it's it would be so bad, it's oh over. it would be so bad. <laughs> yeah, um, and I mean, I think. Boston is just such an unnecessary move because right now you, I'm looking at their, their front court depth chart. They've got Jason Tatum at the four starting and right behind them. They've only got Grant Williams. And then at center, Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson are both injured right now. The only healthy center they've got is Mo Wagner, who naturally is not even a center unless you want to count taco fall, um, which that is, that is tough. So I don't, I don't think you can play small ball, you know, small ball the whole game. So, I don't know who's going to be playing center when, you know, when, when something like this happens. Not a good exactly. Yeah, and then finally, Andre Drummond getting bought out, uh, acting like he was Michael Jordan or something, buying for all these teams. It's like, bro, calm down. You get you get a nice amount of rebounds, but can't really shoot free throws. Chill out. But goes to the Lakers. Um, 
Liam, how you feeling? Yeah, I mean, big boy hurt his toe last night in his debut game against the Bucks, and then he got obliterated. I was watching the game before, which was Celtics uh, Mavericks, and then they were showing the preview for the game, and the top player for the Lakers who was healthy was Dennis Schroeder. So it said Dennis Schroeder versus Antetokounmpo, which I thought was yeah, funny. I saw that. I saw that. They wouldn't put Drummond on there as their star player, but I think it's going to be a move that when this team is fully healthy, emphasis on is fully healthy, is going to be a great move to have Davis in there. But I think it's going to clock it up for them. You know, Drummond isn't a guy that can space it out, which will be a little bit of a problem. He's an upgrade over who they have at center anyway. But I think, you know, then it obviously pushes Montrezl Harrell to the bench, which, you know, makes it a little bit interesting. But I'd rather have Montrezl Harrell out there than Andre Drummond. I think Andre Drummond's really there just for right now since AD's gone, that he's going to provide that rebounding for them. So hopefully he gets back healthy. I don't know what the diagnosis was on his injury, but hopefully he gets back out there. And go out there, you know, put some 2020 games up there of his uh, 46% uh, layup percentage. So, yeah. I mean, I don't see him ever playing like the fourth quarter in the playoffs ever. No, you, you can't. Ever. You can't play him. Can't. So, I mean, it's a move that helps the Lakers, you know, maybe in the regular season, hold down center role when AD's hurt, take off some pressure. But in the playoffs, like, Drummond's, Drummond's a non factor. He's a tempo slower. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's six fouls to put on the opposing team's like best big man. Like if they're playing, like if they're playing the Nets or the Sixers, six especially the Sixers and Bucks in the finals. <laughs> like that's six fouls that you can put on Embiid and Giannis right there. So like I mean, there's that. But yeah, I mean, I think it's someone that like you. He's just a more glorified version of like the McGee and like the Howard role. I feel like where I mean, you can't really. Like it's kind of tough to play those guys in the fourth quarter too, so but, I think it's just he's just like a better, younger version of that. But with LeBron, when LeBron comes back, probably will be back before Davis. It's still going to be good to have him out there to be the big body to defend the guy. Yeah. He's a solid defender. I mean, he's not a great yeah. defender. He's deep in the Y caliber, but he still can be a solid guy that gives some steals and blocks every once in a while. So I think it's going to be a solid placeholder move. But when AD comes back, I mean, I'd imagine he'd start, but. They're going to have to find ways to stretch him off on the floor because it's just going to clog the paint for Braun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I want to ask you guys, though. What do you guys – what's up with the Warriors, bro? What do, what do you guys have to say about, about their activity and the, the deadline? I just think, like, I mean, we all know, like, we're still waiting on Clay, so, like, we're not really going to be able to judge, like, our team until we know that we have Clay and like, because at that point it's like no excuses, you know, like we've been saying this the last couple of years, like we just need to get our splash brothers healthy. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just don't really know like what we could have really gotten. I mean, where you rejected like, Spencer Dinwiddie for Kelly Oubre. I was going to say that was a move that was out there. I didn't remember who the trade was, but I know Kelly Oubre was on the block, which would have been unfortunate to see him go because he's been pretty decent for us this year, but you know, yeah, then, I do like Ubre a lot. But I think, Dinwiddie would have been nice, like coming off the bench, like a nice third guard. But I think at this season, I don't know what the playoffs are going to look like. Are we going to sneak in an AC at this point? So I think we probably should have looked at trading someone like Ubre because, you know, he still owed $17 million. Uh, I mean, his contract would be up this season. So I think we should have gotten rid of him and, you know, just go out there and get someone like Dinwiddie because we're doing a conference trade that isn't going to be a problem unless we meet them in the finals, which – you know, is Clay going to get us back to that point, which is a big question mark. I think we should have traded for some more draft capital assets. I mean, definitely happy we didn't trade the Minnesota pick because I think, you know, hopefully. That's very valuable. 
it's yeah. or or it you know is in the top three and then we end up with their pick the following year because I don't think Minnesota is going to be good next year either they're just a unless they get a new coach that changes the culture so yeah. you know we just stay true to the path like Carson said Clay's got to come back you know that's the key to us and if, if he comes back and we don't start winning then we know we have bigger problems to address yeah. One other thing, though, yeah. I think a trade that, like, we couldn't have made right now, but we could potentially make in the future, bro, hear me out. Wiseman, keep playing him, get his value up. That Minnesota pick, maybe Ubre or something, like, maybe a couple pieces, draft capital, whatever, go get Bradley Beal. Oh. I was going to say, we should trade the Minnesota pick back with Wiseman and get Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, get Towns? Oh, oh, yo, that yo, that would be sick, too. <laughs> Dude, that would be sick. Dude, Cat, oh, my God. Splat, he's, yeah. like, you know how DeMarcus Cousins, he was like, I'm the third squad. splash, bro. Towns would legit be the third <laughs> splash, bro, because he's, like, an amazing shooter. Oh, he's a wonder. Yeah. If Clay comes back healthy and, like, full ability. Yeah, I'd trade to yeah. in the first for Cat. I think that'd be a deal that they would accept because, you know, they're going to want to build around, you know, someone that's on a more of a time path, you know, with, I mean, Austin D'Angelo is going to get mad about this, but they're probably going to draft King Cunningham number one overall for all we know. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he could go there. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe because yeah, we'll would... do an episode on the NBA draft. And we're going to do a March yeah. episode with the winner of our bracket. So stay tuned for that one. Yeah. That yeah, would my be bracket sick, not doing dude. so hot. Yes, Sandy. I Gonzaga is like literally the only team I have left. Oh, really? I I like didn't even pick them. <laughs> really? Oregon. I picked Oregon. Loyal to the soil. I'll say. Uh, also, news alert: Luca Garza won the uh, Player of the Year award by a significant amount. Who won it? Respect. Wait, who won Player of the Year? Garza. Garza. Oh, no. Garza. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. He won it back to back. Yeah. Where is Garza getting drafted? You think? Second round. Is he a late first? Yeah. Second round. No, he's not going first. I don't think his game fits the NBA that well. No. He's era too late, or two eras. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, maybe 90s. a couple eras. <laughs> he's Jahil. Yeah, a couple eras. Yeah. Okay. We uh, all good for the episode today, boy. I think so. Oh, what real quick though. Besides Lowry, who is one player that you guys would have liked to see traded? Put y'all on the spot unless you guys have. Yeah, like someone that you would have liked to see traded but didn't get traded. Westbrook. Mm. That was a sneaky one. I think Clippers could have been a deal if they had the way to figure out the cap space. Just a more electric guy who you know can be the point guard role that Rondo is. He's just better at it. And he's had really good games out there for Washington, putting up, you know, virtually empty stats, but I think he'd still be a solid third option. That'd be a fun yeah. experiment. Westbrook, PG, Kawhi, that'd be fun. Yeah. What about you, Isaiah? Dude, I wanted to see Buddy Hill get traded so bad. <laughs> I just want him gone. Please take him. Like, Warriors, take him. Just take him. Give us, give us, I don't know. I don't even know. Don't give us anyone. Just anything. Give us money. Awful. I want to see Barnes get traded because Barnes has been playing pretty well. Yeah, and I don't know why we're keeping him. We're not contending. Like, 
we yeah, could have gotten it just doesn't really fit your guys' timeline yeah exactly because yeah. he's like i mean he's not old but he's not like crazy young either and i think you want to get he can like, still someone. contribute to a contending team like legit they're doing what yeah yeah huh Averaging like seventeen a game, something like that. But his his no sixteen, but his role goes so much beyond like the stats. I feel like, and like yeah, his I, locker room I, presence is amazing. Yeah, I think sending him back to the Mavericks. I mean, I know it wasn't really like that great of a first trip, but like I think that's someone that could like really have helped the Mavs in their playoff push. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense why the Kings like would keep either of those two. Like, just you got nothing that the like, Kings Howard do makes sense. Yeah, that's facts. That is facts. <laughs> I don't I'm even know. Bagley I thought you might I thought you guys might have thrown Bagley in a deal to get maybe like John Collins. Oh yeah. I'm I would have took John Collins all day. Hell yeah. Dude, Collins is like a walking like twenty and ten. Yeah, facts. And Bagley, who knows? Who knows if he'll get there? I hope he does, but I mean it's, time is ticking. A ten and six, yeah. ten and six. Yeah. Walking ten and six. <laughs> all right, the walking That's ten and six. Yeah, yeah, facts. Yeah. All right, all right boys. boys. Nah. All right, let's gonna wrap it up then. Hope you guys enjoy a trade deadline, trade deadline buyout season. Uh, next week, I don't know what we're gonna do, but ESPN mock drafts did open. We're, we're gonna have to hit that pretty soon. We'll hop in a. We'll give you guys like a live mock draft. Mock draft 1.0 because like the rankings are gonna just change like by the week, but the ESPN dropped the first first mock draft, so we might have to do that. We also gotta do a mock draft again now since now our mock draft's invalid since the Niners just traded up. So oh yeah, and the and the Eagles traded down. Yeah, Dolphins. Yep. All right. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. If you guys enjoyed, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.